Warning. This episode contains audio from a 911 call that is very disturbing to listen to. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, dreamers, and welcome back to the show. You know that I normally wouldn't make an episode that is heavy on the 911 calls and the audio clips that often set many of the stories that we talk about off. But the reason why I decided to memorialize this particular 911 call into my own episode is because the next time I look for it, I want to be able to find it. This is a 911 call that I have heard on two different podcasts, and I went looking for it recently in order to recommend it to someone. And when I went to the first podcast that I heard it on, I found that content is now behind a paywall subscription only and I'm not a subscriber I heard it for free when it first was released a few years back so I guess some shows are putting older episodes that used to be free available only to subscribers but like I said when I listened to it it was still for free I was kind of annoyed by that so I went to YouTube and I found the 911 call so I just decided to make my own episode about it and next time I can just send people here. This is a Just Because I Felt Like It bonus episode of California Dreaming, The Tale of the Paper Route. In the pre-dawn hours of August 24, 2019, Forest Smith, Arkansas and the surrounding areas were hit with rising flash floodwaters. 911 calls were coming in from stranded motorists on the road whose vehicles were suddenly overtaken. The call that we are going to talk about today was the 15th one to come in that morning. The caller was 47-year-old Debbie Stevens. She was out that morning getting ready to deliver the morning paper for the publication she'd been working for for more than 20 years. Again, this call is disturbing to listen to at times it's very tense it's loud it's dynamic this is debbie's almost 20 minute phone call to 911 we're here emergency i'm in an emergency a severe emergency i'm in a flooding my car veered off the road while i'm doing my newspapers and i'm flooded over here on the end of king cade and it's all the way up to my windows and i can't get out and i'm scared to death ma'am okay, can you please help me really bad i need you to calm down i need you to tell me where you are I'm on the, I don't know, ma'am. I'm on the end of Kincaid down here by these apartments. There's some apartments on Kincaid. I don't know what they're called. What color is your vehicle? Avenue. On the other side of Kincaid, at the very end of Kincaid Street, there's some apartments. And I right. thought, Do you I have a dark blue car is what I'm asking you? What color is your vehicle? Yeah, dark. It's, it's gray SUV. Like, the, wind, the mortar's all the way up to my windows. Okay, hold on for me. Don't hang up. And it's coming in my windows. I mean, I'm floating in water right now, ma'am, ma'am. And you're at close to the area, 5801 Kincaid? Uh, yes, ma'am. I need help right now. I'm, I'm, I'm soaking wet. I'm sick, and I can't. I don't know what to do, ma'am. Okay, what's your name? Debbie Stevens. Please help me. I don't want to die. You're not going to die. Hold on for a minute. Well, I need to. I, I'm scared. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't know the water. I couldn't see the water. And when I came upon it, man, it just all of a sudden hit me. And you're in a gray van? I'm in a gray SUV, a Mazda CX-9. And you are a paper person? 
Yes, I'm a baby person. Please send somebody fast to get me. I'm scared. Okay, listen to me. I can't swim. I can't swim. I'm going to drown. You're not going to drown. Just calm down. Oh, man, it's all the way up to my chest. Okay, please, I'm staying. Hold on for me. I'm scared. I'm sorry. It's fine to be scared. You have a right to be scared. I'm scared. Did you go off the road into a ditch? No, ma'am, I was in the, in the parking lot of the, of the apartments cutting through to go to my paper route because I couldn't go down 66th Street because it was flooded. And when I got to the end, I didn't see, I couldn't see the water in that driveway, and there was water everywhere. And it just it just took me away and started pulling me, just sucking me in, and then my, car, then my car died. How long is it going to be, man? My phone's going to die, and I can't charge it. It's going to get wet. It's all the way up. It's all the way up to my neck almost. Okay, hold on for me. Hello? I'm listening to you. So I said, hold on for me. Oh, God, please help me. Lord, please help me. I don't want to die. Miss Debbie, I need you to calm down and hold on, okay? Oh, I'm scared, ma'am. I'm sorry. I'm scared. I need the cops to come get me. <clears throat> I need somebody to help me. I'm scared. Are you the only one in the vehicle? You mean I'm the only one in the vehicle with all my papers floating around me? Okay, listen to me. Make sure yes, you're in the area of 5801 Kincaid. I don't know what 5801 Kincaid is. I don't know. I just know there's two sets of apartments no, over there. She's not sure. Listen to me. I you're, listen to me. If you're doing the paper, yes. you got to know at least a little bit of where you are. I can do this paper route over here, ma'am. I was cutting through to go to my paper route because I couldn't get down 60. So tell me what you see then. What do you see? There's some apartments because all I see is some apartments. I don't know the names of any of these apartments what over here. The apartment, what does the apartment complex look like? I, I can't see them, but, ma'am, there's two sets of apartment complexes, one on the right and one on the left. And I'm in the back side of them back here in a bunch of grass. looks like a bunch of trees. Okay. I'm going to send somebody out there to you, okay? What? It's always getting up to me. I'm scared. How long is it going to take? I don't have an officer available, so it's going to take a minute. So I'm going to try to get somebody out there to you. Just hold on, okay? I'm going to die. It's all the way up to my windows. I'm going to die. You're not going to die. I can't die. die. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to go and tell my mommy bye because I don't want to die. Ma'am, it's all the way up to me. Ma'am, ma'am. Listen to me, Miss Debbie. Just stay on the phone with me. I want to get somebody out there to you. Just hold on. My phone's going to die, ma'am, because it's going to run my phone because my phone's going to get wet. Hold on for me. I'm going to get out and swim. If I could, I would. But I don't know how to swim, baby. I'm scared. And there's people over there watching me, and they're probably laughing. They're over there looking at me. People are looking at you, and they're not going to help you? Two sets of cars over there, and they're just all looking at me like I'm stupid. I couldn't help it. I lost it. They just started pulling me down the road. Okay, hold on for me. I got my lights on in my car. That's the only thing you can see. I'm not, I just need help. It's getting, it's getting bad. It's all going to touch my steering wheel. I'm going to try. Please help me. Please help me. How long is it going to be? Please, Listen man. to me. Listen to me. I need you to calm down and hold on. Okay? I'm just scared, man. I'm I understand sorry. that you're scared, but there's nothing I can do sitting in a chair, so you're going to have to hold on, and I'm going to send you somebody, okay? Oh.
Hello? Hold on, I'm still here. Hold on. Ma'am, please hurry. Listen to me. I understand. Hold on for me. Ma'am, they're going to let me die. I'm not, not going to let you die. Oh, ma'am, I don't so want to die. I'm sorry, but I don't want to die today. You're not going to die. My SUV, my SUV is wounded. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> My brand SUV is Hold on for me, ma'am. I'm holding on, ma'am. It's all I can do. I'm scared. Because it's getting higher and higher, and my phone's going to die, and y'all ain't going to find me. I'm going to get sucked away. Okay, just hold on for me. And I can't swim. I can't swim at all. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Ten four. It's gonna be in the area of fifty eight oh one Kincaid Avenue. I'm on the female I'm on the phone with the female. She's stuck in a van. She's on a paper route. I'm in an SUV and she's got water up to her chest. What color no, is like Oh please help me. Ladder one, be advised, it'll be a great SUV. And I've got my lights, I've got my lights on inside. You can see me. Ma'am, I hear you. Did you, you tell him I got my lights on inside where they can see me? Yes. Can you tell me how long it's gonna be, ma'am? <laughs> it's getting higher, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, I understand that you're scared. Now. But I don't know what else to tell you. Oh my God, I'm going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to die. I'm scared. I'm scared. Just stay on the phone with me, okay? I'm scared. I'm scared. Nobody saves me. Am I not on the phone with you trying to get you some help? Yeah, okay, somebody get me out before I die. I'm sorry. You're not going to die. Scared. I don't know why you're freaking out. It's okay. I know the water level is I'm high. Scared. I understand that. But you're freaking out doing nothing but losing your oxygen up in there. So just calm down. But are they not going to come get me? You said what? I'm sorry. When are they going to be here? As soon as they get there. Well, how long is that going to be before I die? Yeah, I know. Man, my phone's going to die. I'm not going to find me. It's going to find my brand new phone. Do, do you really care about your brand new phone? I mean, you're over there crying for your life. Who cares about your phone? Come on, I need to get down. I need to throw up. I need to throw up right now. Well, then uh, you're in water. You can throw up. It's not going to matter. If you got throw up on yourself, they'll still help you. No, my car is going to catch on fire. How if it's underwater? It's turned on. I can't turn it off. Your car's not going to catch fire in water. Oh. It's making an awful funny noise and smoking. Oh, my God, ma'am. It's all the way up past my door. <laughs> Just stay on the phone with me. I'm going to get somebody there to you. They should be there because I'm sending fire out to you to help you out. Oh, <laughs> can I put you on hold? Can I, I need to call my 
okay. Okay, well, you're not okay, so you can call your mother-in-law when you're actually out of the vehicle. So, no, you cannot call her right <laughs> now. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you pray? Will you pray with me? In her vehicle. Hello? I'm here. I can still hear everything you're saying to me. I have. Will like, you pray with me, please? You go ahead and start off the prayer, and I'll listen to you. I sure will. Dear Lord, please just help me. Get me out of this water safely, dear Father. One of us has to have a new peace, Father. Just be with me and protect me and help me, dear Father. Please. Dear Father, help me. My vehicle is ruined. Yeah, but it's better that your vehicle is ruined than you being swept away and nobody knows where you are. So just get on the phone. I'm going to be okay. swept away because my, my mom is No, needs you're not. Me. You're, you have nowhere to be swept away to besides the street that you're on, so just calm down, okay? Well, I'm at the end of a street, but man, right, no, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it right now, and at the end of the street is some bushes, so you'll be just fine. Ma'am, it's getting all the way up to my chest, and I'm I know the water's the up chest. to your chest. Just stay on the phone with me, and I have an officer. I have an officer in the fire department coming out to you, so just hold on, okay? Oh, thank you. I'm sorry if I'm rude, but I'm scared. You're not rude. I know you're scared. Just calm down for me. I'm scared. I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Well, this, will, te this will teach you next time. Don't drive in the water. Couldn't see it, ma'am. I'm sorry, or I wouldn't. Have. I don't see how you didn't see it. You had to go right over it, so. No, ma'am. I was in a drive. I was in a parking lot. There was no water where I was at. Okay. And when I got to the end of the parking lot, I was looking for the road to get out into the main road. When I got to the main road, it was too late. There was water, and I didn't. I couldn't see it fast right. enough. The water just didn't appear. I didn't see it fast enough. My headlight went out, and I couldn't see it. Okay. It's okay. We'll get you help and get you out of there. Just hold on, okay? Okay, ma'am. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <sighs> and you're not the only one that's been stuck in the water. We've had some 80-year-old kids. I understand, ma'am. This, so this calm is down. scary. It's scary. Because I can't swim. <laughs> I think I even though you can't swim, I think you can still stand up in this. How tall are you? Tall it's higher than me. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm only five foot tall. Okay, well, you're not three foot, so you'll be just fine. Okay. <laughs> well, the cops take me to my house. I don't live very far. Ma'am. Ten four. They're pulling somebody else out the water, and as soon as they do, they'll come to you, so just stay right there, okay? I'm not going nowhere, ma'am. I can't go nowhere. I'm just praying. Will they take me home to my house, ma'am? 10-4. Ma'am. <laughs> oh my god, it's getting even higher. Okay, just stay on the phone with me. I know that you're scared, so I'm not hanging up with you, okay? So just stay on the phone with me. Up. Will they take me back to my house, please? I don't know what they'll do. If not, I can walk to my house. I don't know. 
I got animals in my house. I gotta get home too, and I gotta go get my some more papers. So somebody can take me to throw them. Uh, they're not gonna take you and do all that. They'll take you and drop you off. The they have other people to rescue as well. So you'll no, that's to... not what I said. They need to take. If they take me home, and my mother-in-law is gonna come get me to throw the rest of my papers. I don't know if they'll if they'll take you home. They're just gonna take you to a dry spot. I don't know what they're gonna do when they get there. You'll, you have to oh, ask them because I have no idea. They're come get me. I'll call my mother-in-law to come get me. So you're gonna have her drive out in this. She's out doing papers right now, and she's okay. a district manager for the Southwest Times Record. She's already out throwing around. I called her before I called you on. She was out throwing around. She's out in there. She is. Okay. You know how much longer it's gonna be, ma'am. As soon as they get there, I cannot give you a time. Oh my God! What time is it now, ma'am? <laughs> Those people are standing up in their balcony watching me sitting in this water. That's pretty rude. A lot of people have called in on you, so I don't think that nobody's just sitting there. They have actually called in, but they're not going to get their self in danger because you put yourself in danger. I understand that, ma'am. I understand that. I'm just scared. I know you're scared. And the water's creeping up, and in a minute I won't be able to talk to you when my phone goes crazy. They'll be there before that happens, so calm down. Oh, you, I'm sorry, ma'am. Mm -hmm. What's your name? Donna. Donna, thank you for being here for me, Miss Donna. You're welcome. I'm just scared, and I don't know what to do. I tell you, when it rains again, I ain't never doing this. That sounds like a good idea. Because, you know, Fort Smith's water is just like you just on the for, I've done papers for 21 years, and I've never had it like this. Yeah, I think that's understandable, though. Hold on for me, okay? Fortunately, yeah. this is Donna. How can I help you? For <laughs> which address? for Barling for Highway 58 and 8? Okay, then I can cancel. They got the Thank you. Oh, my God, ma'am. Yes. It's done. My phone's going to die. No, it's not. Just hold on for me. Ma'am, I can't. I'm getting all the way up to my neck. You can hold on. Just hold on. Oh, don't worry. I got a pee so bad. Yeah, I'm on the phone with the female now. She's freaking out, and she says the water is her one can K on the back side is all I got. Do you see the officer, ma'am? No, I don't see nobody, ma'am. 10-4, it's going to be a great I got my lights on, but I don't see nobody. Do you hear the fire trucks? I'm rushing water, ma'am. I can't hear nothing. Okay, well, don't cry, and then don't talk, and then let me know if you hear the fire department. The what? The fire trucks. Tell me if you hear the fire trucks. Hell, ma'am. All I can hear is rushing water. I see flashing headlights over there, but I think that's somebody's car. I hope they're not broke down, too. Literally, 5801 Kincaid is what she said. 
No, she doesn't see her, and I don't hear the the, uh, the apparatuses either. Are you are you close to Oakbrook Apartments, ma'am? Yes, I'm over here by these two sets of apartments. Yes, ma'am. At the end of the street, at the very end of the street, that yes, little circle, whatever it is. Street in between those two apartments. Yes. Right behind those. Okay, right behind hold on. Listen to me. I can't hear you on the left hand side. Okay, hold on for me. Hold on. Sorry, ma'am. Sorry. Ma'am, it's just getting Gray, cold. My phone's gonna die. Ma'am, hold on for me. Do you see the fire department? No, ma'am. Pumper seven. Do you see her vehicle? My lights are on inside, if you can see my lights. My interior lights are on. Are you on the park side? Are you in the parking lot side? Are you on the road? And you go down... The what? You go down that street that runs in between those two apartments right there, and I'm on the, and, and the street goes to the end, and my car veered off to the left, and I'm behind these last set of apartments on the left-hand side. I'm behind them. I guess it's a circle down there. I don't know. I've never driven down on this part. I don't know, she man. She said she's in, in between both apartment complexes on this street at the dead end. In the, back, in the very back side, there's a bunch of trees. I don't know. Right there, the she showed us 5801 at the end. The back side of these apartments over here, where these people are at, they can all she see said, me. They're all standing out there watching me. Miss Debbie, you're going to have to shut up, okay? I need oh, you to listen, listen to me. Yes, ma'am. Can you start your, um, is your car still on there? Like, can you honk no. your horn? My horn is dead. Okay, hold on for My me. My horn is dead. Okay, hold on for me. Everything is dead. Listen to me. Hold on. Who, fire? Are they really? That's even higher. It's all the way past my door. Hold on for me. Don't hang up. Okay, so the call was cut off. There is more to that recording, and I do have it. And I believe I should be able to cut it down and play it for you. But I do have an official investigative report about this 911 call, and it's printed up in a transcript. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the transcript first because the recording is very, very frantic and upsetting in the end. The last thing that you heard Debbie say in the recording that I just played for you was at 4.55 and 40 seconds in the morning that the water is even higher, that it was way past her doors. The dispatcher says, hold on for me, don't hang up. The dispatcher has some radio chatter with responding firefighters and rescue team units. About a minute later, at 4.56 and 50 seconds, Debbie stated that her car was starting to move. At 4.57 and 56 seconds, Debbie repeated that her car was starting to move. The dispatcher asked, where is it moving to? Tell me where it's going. Debbie replied, I don't know. While she began repeatedly screaming into the phone that she couldn't breathe, the dispatcher said, okay, well, tell me where you are. But all Debbie is doing in the recording is screaming that she can't breathe. 
At 4.58 and 19 seconds, Debbie screamed, it's taking me down. Dispatcher says to fire and rescue that she's still on the phone with the caller. She's legit freaking out. She says the vehicle is moving in the water and she doesn't know where it's going to stand by. At 4.58 and 30 seconds, Debbie yelled, it stopped moving, I can't breathe. The dispatcher asked, is the water up to your neck? Debbie yelled, yes. The dispatcher said, tell me where you are. Debbie said, I can't see out the windows. The water's all around me. I can't see nothing. The dispatcher asked, are you still on that same road? Have you hit the bushes? Debbie replied, yes, ma'am, I am. And she continued to yell frantically that she couldn't breathe. At 4.59 and 9 seconds, there are sounds on the recording that are believed to be Debbie grunting and heavily breathing in and out. Two seconds later, there can be heard the sounds of rushing water and a banging noise that is believed to be Debbie's phone hitting the inside of the vehicle. At 4.59 and 14 seconds, the dispatcher repeatedly began asking for Miss Debbie. At 4.59 and 37 seconds, the dispatcher says, Oh my God, it sounds like she's underwater. At 4.59 and 56 seconds, a dispatcher asked for Miss Debbie one more time. At 8 seconds past 5 a.m., Miss Debbie's call was disconnected. Debbie had no idea just how fast she and her vehicle would be taken over by floodwaters. The sun had not risen yet. It was dark. Miss Debbie had just picked up her papers and was cutting through this area near some apartments that she wasn't familiar with when she suddenly became stranded. Her vehicle was being taken over by severe flooding, and she was trapped inside. Her only lifeline to the world was her phone. She first called her mother-in-law, and then she made that desperate 911 call that you just listened to. I have an emergency, Debbie said, a severe emergency. I can't get out and I'm scared to death. Can you please help me? For 22 minutes, we listened to Debbie repeatedly beg for help as she sat terrified inside her vehicle, water slowly rising all around her. She begged over and over again for help. But what stood out about this particular 911 call was the fact that Debbie had called in crying and freaking out as she's trapped in floodwaters. But the thing about the call is the seemingly callous and insensitive way the dispatcher was responding to Debbie's pleas for help. In fact, when the Fort Smith Police Department released the 911 call, they admitted in a statement along with the audio that it does sound pretty cold and uncaring at times. As Debbie said to the dispatcher several times that she didn't know where she was at, that she was going to die and that she didn't want to die, you can hear the dispatcher reply, you're not going to die. I don't know why you're freaking out. You're freaking out is doing nothing but losing your oxygen in there, so calm down. We also know that at times Debbie talked about seemingly unimportant things while on this call, like her SUV being ruined or her new phone getting wet. And the dispatcher pointed out to her that why is she even caring about her new phone? You're freaking out, begging for help for your life, and you're worried about your phone. But to me, I just sort of think this is like a stream of consciousness type of thing where Miss Debbie is just letting what is on her mind flow, kind of like this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's hard to say how we would be acting or what we would say in a situation like that. 
I'd be really scared if I was trapped in my car in a flood and I know how to swim, but that doesn't mean you can make it through floodwaters. It's a lot different than just doing some laps in a swimming pool. The dispatcher also verbally criticized Debbie during the call for driving into the floodwaters. Debbie explained to the dispatcher that she just didn't see it, that it happened very suddenly, and by then the water was reaching Debbie at about chest level when this was going on in the conversation. At some point during the call, Debbie said that from her vantage point, she could see people standing in the distance looking at her and that they're probably laughing. What Debbie didn't know, and I believe the dispatcher tried to tell her at some point later on in the call, is that those people aren't standing around laughing at her. There are calls coming in about Debbie's SUV being stuck and that she's inside. So people are trying to get her help and are helping to direct rescuers to her location. At another point in the call, Debbie said that she might throw up and the dispatcher quit quickly snapped back, well, go ahead and throw up in the water. You're sitting in water. What difference is it going to make now? They're still going to come out there and get you. For most of the call, Debbie went back and forth between crying uncontrollably, sobbing, pleading for help, and apologizing for whatever it was that she thought she needed to apologize to the dispatcher for. I've listened to this call several times, at least five or six, maybe now seven or eight times, and I'm not really sure why. I didn't know how the story ended the first time I heard it, but even after I knew how it all ended, I still felt a great deal of anxiety and suspense listening to it. And I still do every time. It never gets easier. So the call goes on with Debbie going back and forth between sobbing and pleading for help and apologizing. And she eventually asked the dispatcher if she would be willing to pray with her. The dispatcher told Debbie to go ahead and start it off and she'd listen. After which Debbie did start praying for God to help her out of the water. She offered the dispatcher another apology if she was being rude and that she didn't mean to be that way. She's just really scared. The dispatcher's reply to that was to tell Debbie that this will teach her not to drive in the water next time. But Debbie insisted that she did not see the water, telling the dispatcher that she had been working this paper route for 21 years and nothing like this had ever happened to her before. She just did not see the flood water. And the dispatcher says back to her, I don't know how you didn't see it. You had to go right over it. The water just didn't appear. Making the situation with Debbie even more complicated, she didn't know where she was at and she was having a really hard time describing where her car was stranded because it was dark. She didn't know the names of the apartments that she was near. She didn't know what streets she was on. So trying to pinpoint where Debbie was actually located was going to be a very difficult process to get across to the first responders. About 15 minutes after Debbie got onto the phone with 911, you can start to hear the dispatcher talking to others that are working around her and taking some other calls. There were several stranded motorists that morning. The police department has pointed out that it was very chaotic at the time that Debbie's call came in. We can hear the dispatcher trying to get firefighters to Debbie's location, but they just aren't able to see her. With the dispatcher telling them that she has a caller on the line and she's freaking out. At one point, she says she's legit freaking out. A few minutes later, she checks back in with the responding firefighters to see if they've spotted Debbie's vehicle, but they've replied negative. The dispatcher asked Debbie to honk her horn, but it's dead. She tried, but it doesn't work. 
And then, as you heard on the recording, things continued to worsen for Debbie. The confusion grew even more so because everybody was talking over everyone else in the call. You can hear the dispatcher telling Debbie that she's going to have to shut up. The water level by then had risen to Debbie's car door and soon her, her vehicle would begin to move and this would send Debbie into another full-blown panic. And as Debbie becomes more and more frantic, the dispatcher grew more and more aggravated. You can hear her screaming on the call, Lord, help me. Oh my God, the car is moving. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And the dispatcher replies, Miss Debbie, you're breathing just fine. You're screaming at me. So calm down. I know you're scared. Just hold on for me. And eventually we would stop hearing Debbie's voice. The call abruptly cut off at 5 a.m. 58 minutes later, Debbie's body was found by responding rescue unit members. They tried in vain to revive her. So basically the last thing Miss Debbie heard was this 911 dispatcher telling her that she's going to need to shut up and maybe next time she'll learn a lesson and not drive into floodwaters. Because that's what we need to be hearing in our dying moments. Miss Debbie Stevens was a very well-liked member of the Fort Smith community down there in Arkansas. She taught preschool at a local Baptist church and did volunteer work with community leaders. You know what I realized when I started to put this episode together is that I never actually saw a picture of Miss Debbie. I came across her story that automatically started playing on my podcast directory. You know how you just get new episodes that drop in and they just on this continuous loop of just endless crime podcast. Yeah, that's my feed. So it just came up and the 911 call drew me in right away and listening all the way to the end, I never really Googled to see what Miss Debbie looked like. And there are a couple of pictures of her online and she just looks like a really, really sweet lady. And it adds another level of sorrow and sadness to the story for me since now I've put a face to those sobbing pleas for help. For those who did know and love Miss Debbie, it's an unimaginable loss that was made much worse by the cold and callous manner in which she was being treated during those final moments of her life. There was some hope that there would be something done about the way Debbie's call was handled, but when all was said and done, the dispatcher was found to have been within policy guidelines and technically did nothing wrong. This dispatcher, her name, she said her name in the audio recording. She said it was Donna. And her image are out there if you go looking for it. But I didn't really want that to be the focus of the story because not every article or podcast about this tragedy names this dispatcher. And it's really not necessary. But this just so happened to have occurred on this particular dispatcher's very last shift at the very end of her shift on her very last day of work with 911. She had already given in her two weeks notice. So even if they did find some wrongdoing or some need to reassess their policies, this dispatcher who was Miss Debbie's lifeline was on her way out of the job anyway. According to the official report about this event, during the early morning hours of Saturday, August 24th, 2019, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and the surrounding areas were hit with the torrential rainfall 
that resulted in flash flooding throughout the city. The police department received 15 calls that morning, including Debbie's, regarding vehicles caught up in floodwaters beginning at 2.55 a.m. There were 11 other calls that had come in for other types of service. Debbie's call was the 15th that morning about a vehicle stranded in floodwaters. 19 more calls about cars stranded in floodwaters came in after Debbie's call. The 911 center was staffed with four operators that morning, and they were overwhelmed with calls during this flash flood, and the situation quickly escalated to complete chaos. Miss Debbie was out delivering newspapers in the area of 5801 Kincaid Avenue when at approximately 4.33 a.m., her gray Mazda 6 SUV was swept off the road by the floodwaters. Unfortunately, Debbie was unaware of her location and had difficulty conveying that to the dispatcher who answered Debbie's call. She placed Debbie's call on a higher priority level because of the situation that she was in, and the rescue team was called in to try and respond to the general area where they were trying to pinpoint where she was located based on possibly pinging her phone and witnesses who could see Debbie in her car. While en route to Debbie, Ladder 1 stopped to rescue another person that was stranded in water. Once that person was safe, they were back en route to Debbie, or at least trying to be. If you go online, you can see police body camera footage of officers arriving in the area of the flooding where they were trying to look for Debbie, and it is very dark, and there are cars in water all over the place. I couldn't imagine trying to look for one person in all of that. Eventually, a witness nearby was able to direct one of the responding officers to the location of Debbie's vehicle. But the efforts to reach Debbie were hindered by the depth of the flash flood waters and how fast the water was rushing through. Once the fire department arrived at the scene with a boat, they did make it over to Debbie's vehicle and they got her out, but it was too late. Efforts to revive Miss Debbie failed and she died of an accidental drowning. Two days later, on Monday, August 26, 2019, a recording of the 911 call was copied and shared with the command staff at the local police department. At a meeting that afternoon, members of the command staff reported the following findings to the police chief, that there was no indication that any criminal charges would be filed, that the dispatcher had submitted a two-week notice to resign, listing August 23rd as her final shift. So she was on the very end of her shift when all of this went down with Miss Debbie. And though she may have violated policies they did find in the official rulings by being rude to Miss Debbie at times during the call, she had done nothing that would have warranted her termination and she would have still been employed with them had she not put in her two weeks notice. One of the things that kind of stood out to me was there really wasn't any talk or discussion about potentially trying to get out of the vehicle, you know? I'm not sure what the right thing to do was because Miss Debbie couldn't swim. But I think on the couple of podcasts that I did listen to this 911 call on, including Brandon's over at Music City 911, he provided me with a little bit of help with this episode and gave me the link to the audio that you listened to. I think they talk about giving instructions on how to get your window open or how to break your window to try and get out of the car. 
but the water seemed to be moving really fast and there's no telling if Miss Debbie would have been able to hang on long enough for help to get to her. But at least she'd be out there and then people could hear her scream if she was able to get that window broken. So is breaking the window the right thing to do? If you need to or if you're advised to on an, by a 911 dispatcher, if you could get out of the car and you can swim, then you can break the window using the headrest bars, right? You can pull the headrest out of the passenger seat or the driver's seat and use those metal rods to shatter the windows. But nothing of the sort was ever brought up in the call. And I'm not really sure if it would have made a difference with the outcome of all this. But I think if Debbie did have the ability to get the window broken, she could have yelled out for help and perhaps she would have been found a little bit sooner. But then breaking her window and getting herself swept away may have been what had happened anyway. So that was the tale of the paper route. I don't play 911 calls very often, especially when they're this loud and this frantic because it goes against the relaxed vibe of the show. But I wanted to recommend this to someone. And when I found that I was behind the paywall, I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just make my own episode and then I'll know where to find it at all times. Thank you all so much for listening. I am starting to feel better. I have some things, a couple of things in the works for you as we're entering the last part of this year, which I'm very excited about. It's Halloween season coming up very, very soon. Two more sleeps. I hope all of you have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are. Oh, and I am going to play the last couple minutes of Miss Debbie's 911 call. It's all that I could find of the audio clips where it cuts off. That's just the end of it. So listen past this outro if you would like to hear it. Again, I got to warn you, it's very, very intense. And I'm going to lower the volume on it as well. All right. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, sweet dreams. And continue listening for the remainder of the 911 call. Number seven is needing you in the area, 
the boat okay, and get it ready. Me. I know. I'm, I'm trying to get you as help as I can, okay? Just hold on for me. Okay, ma'am, please. I, I know you're talk scared. To. I know. Hold on for me because I've got to take other calls. Push you. I know. Listen to me. Okay. They are in the area. They are trying to find okay. you. They cannot okay. find you right now. I'm trying to ping where you are, so do not hold up because there's not one call. Okay, where are you moving to? Tell me where it's going. Okay, okay. 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 okay, tell me where you are. Number seven is wanting you to go ahead and flip up the boat and get it ready if they should need you. Listen to me, hold on. I'm on the phone with her right now. She is legit freaking out. She says it's ridiculous. Now I'm okay, in the water. I know. Listen, listen to me. They are in the area. They are trying to find you. They cannot find you right now. I'm trying to ping where you are, so do not hang up because it's... Okay, where are you moving to? Tell me where it's going. Okay, tell me where you are. She is legit freaking out. She said the vehicle is now moving in the water and she doesn't know which way it's going, so stand by.